Hello, and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California, it's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! Oh, crack open the cold. Classic. Classic. Probably can't hear it, but I twisted off a cool one from my water bottle. Yes. Hello. You're good. You're good. Fuck, how do I usually start the show? I'm brain farting the fuck right now. I uh, usually be like, and hello, uh, so, something like, and welcome back to the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. What's good? And then I'm like, I'm Edward. What's up? How you doing? I'm the sexy one. No, I'm not. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we're both sexy. I think so. Girls seem to like us once in a while. <laughs> don't generalize that. Please stop. <laughs> don't make it cringe. Well, uh, I forgot the intro, but thank God a good host Edward came in for the save. So I guess you're a lead host today. You're running no. the board. All right, let's switch mics. All right, get the fuck over here. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to have. I don't want to have to man the audio. I'd be a scared. Yeah, that's right. Now, fucking speak. What's good with you? Oh, I am. Uh, well, pre- um. Oh, actually, I was gonna tell you this on the last time we met up for band practice, but I didn't because I was really excited. But I didn't. Breaking news on the podcast: Your boy got promoted. In what sense? Well, also stoked. Yeah, um, I might not sound <laughs> stoked, but I'm kind of curious, like where this promotion is. Well, okay, so I was already serial stoked. So I was. You're not I, getting no claps yet. I got to hear the details. Okay, so basically, I was already put up to 40 hours a week already at my Barnes and Noble spot, um, at well Barnes and Nobles, and it's not a manager. <laughs> Sorry, I drank some cold water. It's not a manager position because the company got rid of manager positions. I know that sounds stupid and it's really hard to explain, but basically there's a store manager, an assistant manager, a cafe manager, and then there's um I think they wanted a cafe lead, but whatever. And then it's senior booksellers and then other people. Uh and I got upgraded to senior bookseller, which it's kind of like a manager because you have to open and close and you know, do a couple other extra, a bunch of other extra things. So I'm looking at it as a man in my heart. I'm looking at it as a management position, but hey, it's technically not. You're now a fucking manager now. Yeah, Look at that. sort of. Yo, Woo! second job, and now's the second time being a manager. I'm two for two. Two for two. Look at that. No, it feels pretty good. I've had to, it's been a long grind to to get here. Had to, uh, there was a bit of, bit of a rough road, but man, I'm so stoked. Um, and yeah, that, and then that happened two days after we went to a really good wrestling show. So it's been it's been a tiring week, but it's been a good one. You being a fucking manager now? Yeah, dude, I'm stoked. Let's do it. Books and shit, bruh. Books and shit, bruh. I love it, man. I really like this job. Um, I mean, I know anything sounds better when you're slaving away for four years at a McDonald's, but like, and no offense to anyone that makes that their career, good on you, but I, it was time for me to go. And yeah, no, I love this job and it feels great. Feels great. Sweet. Well, yes, listeners, last time we went off and saw a freaking PWG, at least the show Tremendous. 
six. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was overall a fun show. Like our only critiques, like the last two matches weren't as exciting as we want them to be. But at yeah. the same time, I walked away as like, dude, still a great last show. wrestling show I was at was a fucking SummerSlam, and honestly, that fucking sucked balls compared to this show. So let's be real here. <laughs> Most shows suck balls. The only shows compared that, to like, fucking PWG. Yeah, the only ones that almost c- not fair. Yeah, the only ones that that like have a shot at being PWG's quality is New Japan and then uh, like, AEW yeah. most of the time. Yeah, but like PWG is always going to be like the most stee shows of stee oh, dude, shows. It's so stee. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then we fucking spent after the show too long playing fucking Nintendo. <sighs> yeah. Well, but hey, you fucking whipped ass and fucking well, Smash okay, Brothers. Well, okay, so listen, so listen, we had... We had old friend slash good friend Thomas with us. This was his first PWG show. He popped that cherry. And then we drove him home, got some chicken. And when we went back, James, the whole, not the whole day, but off and on, he was always like, bro, got to hang out with Bones so I can whip his ass at Mario Tennis. And I was like, and then he's telling me the whole story of their historic rivalry of, it's like across four games. It's Mario Party. It's Mario Kart, Mario Tennis, and Super Smash Brothers. But it's not just like one. It's like, except for Mario Tennis, which is only the one game, it's like across like four different Mario parties, at least two Mario Karts, and two Smash Brothers. So it's a John Cena and Randy Orton over here of (laughs) with their fucking 12 year, 12 game rivalry. Now. Would you say I whipped Bone Steel's ass at Mario Tennis? Oh yeah, you whooped his ass at Mario Tennis. Like, he was getting our, tilted. Like usually our games are pretty like even back and forth, but for some reason this last game I just whipped his ass because you had your manager I, there. I made bro. promises. Yeah, dude. And he then kept fucking them. you fucked up our like freaking Smash Bros game. Oh my fucking! I was getting so fucking upset because listen that you did good. Yeah. We, okay, so I'm gonna summarize this up real quick. It's like. It's past 12 for sure. I don't know if it's one in the morning, but it's, it's past, definitely one in the morning. It's definitely one in the morning. And it's like, you know what? Let's play a few games of Smash. Well, we had a fucking bitch and a half of a time setting the thing up because because we were trying to... Um, they, there were two controllers there that didn't have batteries. And then there's the Joy-Cons, which come together for one controller but can be split off. And then, and then there's a... So whatever. We get the controllers on, but one doesn't have batteries... Um, and then Jake has the other GameCube controller. Then they give James this other controller, which doesn't need batteries, but it kept fucking him up because instead of what was it? A being the jump, it was B. No, for some reason, like no, A and B are usually the fucking buttons that I'd be pressing aren't where they like I'm used to. Yeah. I usually play on the fucking GameCube model controller, but yeah. this one where like I kept on pressing B's where I thought the A button was, and then where I thought where the jump button was was just more fucking B was the B button. I kept yeah. getting fucked up. I kept getting and then once I finally got the GameCube controller, I got was able to be normal. Yeah. Like then I, I lost without no excuse. I was like, okay, now I'm just losing because I'm sucking. I think I won one game and then it's like, all right, time for sudden. Time sudden, for the super uh, super yeah. sudden death. Yeah, and, and hundred stock lives. Yeah, and two hundred ninety nine thousand damage. So basically, one hit kills. Yeah, and uh, it's usually a fun game. No, it's really fun. But fucking Edward here was a Boy Scout, and for some like literally was just playing the game, and literally fucked me and Jacob. So what happened? Where is, it's like, and then one guy, the fucking dude that won the game, was able to just camp the fuck out because we usually ignore him, but this time. 
we were ignoring him so hard he was winning. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? And the thing, and then it's like me, and Jake, me and Jake is like, all right, we need to team up on fucking Thomas. But then you're just there. It's like I'm here to play the game. So it's like you would be like unintentionally interfering with us, being a Boy Scout. It's like God damn it, he's being a fucking Boy Scout right now. What the fuck? And then I was getting mad because 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 uh, James and good friend Tom, uh, Jake, you know, their whole thing is like they're they're out here trying to be like they're the one true rival. So they're so even though there's four of us playing in their minds, it's a one v one. But they're also like really competitive chads, right? So when me and Thomas More like chuds. So when me or Thomas start showing life, they're like, "Bro, we have to work together. Don't uh, can't let him get ahead." You actually rooted against me because it's like, "Look, I know we're enemies, but there's a respect here." So like, can you beat Ed? And it's like, "What the fuck? I was on your side." Then you straight up fucking took down Thomas and not attack us. Yeah, and and then and then and and then that happened. But then at the end results, it turned out. I had the most kills out of everybody, but unlike Smash Bros. Brawl, you can't see who you KO'd how many times. They used to have their little player icon, but I was just like, I was just like, I got, I killed a lot of people a lot of times, but Jake was like, oh my God, you're so stupid. Why didn't you just go after the blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, Jake, I was killing so many fucking people. You need to get good. He's like, I am good, but and then I crushed him at one v one in the in the bot in, yeah. in the in the in the boxing ring, which is a really good arena actually. Might might be my favorite besides final. Yeah, yeah, you crushed down Bode Steel, and then we got home really fucking late. Yes. I was really close to winning the title. I mean, I came in third place, but the last two KOs happened like bam, bam. Yeah, because it's just like, and I was kind of fucking bowed because like. Thomas had like eight lives and I only had the Shut one. Shut the fuck up. You have fucking Little Mac. That dude has no charge up time to any of his moves. Yeah, but there's a difference between one life and fucking eight. Yeah, that's true. And when they're like one hit kills. Yeah, that's true. I had to been like really skillful, but I wasn't paying attention. I literally forgot. Ah, god damn it. When you jump off the platform, you're like invincible for a couple seconds. For a couple seconds, yeah. So I yeah. forgot to fucking dodge. <laughs> yeah, I know it was fun. And plus, uh, so the you gave Thomas finally his win in Smash Brothers. So he was he like never won a Nintendo. So <laughs> so he finally won the title for once. So he like uh, he would win yeah. in non-title matches, but when it came to the title, he always sucked ass. He choked. Yeah. Now you were there. <laughs> he um yeah no it was in, so the matchup was he was little you were little Mac I was Snake uh Jake, was, Jake cloud. was Cloud even though he's never fucking played a Final Fantasy game. And Thomas but his was logic was he's blonde, he's and blue eyes, he's hot like me. So yeah, no, that's what he's like. He's he's hot and blonde and pretty like me. I'm like, oh my god. I mean, listen, Cloud Strife is a very pretty man. Okay, <laughs> but Sorry, I like Lil Mac because he's just like I'm just so used to playing on Lil Mac. No, um, no, he's a good character. Great addition to the roster. Yeah, but yeah, I love fucking Punch Out. But the thing with Snake, the thing with and Snake, he's got the pink hoodie, bro. Oh yeah, his training hoodie. I was glad that that was a costume in the game. I thought that was great. No, it was a fun. It was a mostly fun time. Um, and yeah, we got home super late. And yeah, I know my it was fucking a- Monday because I had to like wake up and go fucking get a haircut. Also, my Punisher roommates decided to be heroes and help me like find a fucking shop so that I could get my transmission fixed in my like commuter car. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, no, it's like it's nice, but at the same time, it's like God fucking damn it. It's like too early for me right now. Oh. And I'm just like, but whatever. I talked to the dude and I eventually got the car to the shop like later in the week. And he's like deny. He's trying to deny like it's the transmission. He keeps finding other little things. But I'm like, dude. I've been to two shops and I just feel it. The transmission is going to nuke itself. Bro, that's just him trying to jack up your bill. 
a little bit, whatever. It's like some fucking sketch shop. Like, dude, I'm sure it'll still be cheaper than the fucking last shop I was well, at. Well, probably. I remember I remember you told me that. It was like something dumb. Wasn't it like over a grand you had to pay no. last time you had a shop? It's going to be like, it would have been like three grand. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's so, ridiculous. Yeah, so this is just going to be over two grand. That's better than three. That is Fuck. better than three. But we'll see what this guy does. Like, he's just catching stuff. But I'm just like, bro, just can I get my car? Just like fix it. I know he's going to do now. Care. Now he's going to like pseudo hold it hostage or something. For what? Money. <laughs> I have money. Well, yes. But that's what I not mean- an issue. The money's not the issue. <laughs> it's just finding the fucking solution. Right. Well, what do you think the solution is? Oh, no. I guess he's just going to fix my fucking car. Whatever that fucking takes. I just think he's just like, he's trying to find, like, it has to be something else. I'm like, bro, it's not. It's fucking not. <laughs> like, dude, it's going to be the transmission. Like, the thing's about to nuke itself. You're kind of like to die. I was like, dude, just fucking fix the, like, swap the transmission. But whatever. I'll let him, like, do his thing, so. Fair enough. But yeah, that's pretty much it for life stuff I could think of. All right. I guess it's time to let the let out. I'm getting a timestamp. Introduce this bitch. <sighs> fucking... You had to reference the Led Zeppelin 3, or as I wrote here, Led Cochlin 3. Okay, so this is kind of, I guess, what you almost consider the black sheep of the classic four. Because, I don't know. I haven't listened to the fourth one yet. Well, yeah, but like I said, the, se- the second and fourth one are always people's go-to like battles of what Zeppelin's best one. And the first one, I think, gets a lot of clout because of the fact that, you know, it's the first one. But compared... It's got days and confused. That's right. Days um, and then Led Zeppelin 3 here. I didn't know, except for the first one, I didn't know any songs off here. So this was like a full new journey. And we did something different. While we were driving to LA, James was like, bro, want to throw on Led Zeppelin 3 and take notes right now? I'm like, yeah, I want to throw on Led Zeppelin 3 and take notes right now. So that's what we did. Yes. So first Tr- song. Track one's with Immigrant Song. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is cool because this is a good song. Yeah, no, Immigrant Song rules. It's a classic. It's a radio punisher, but it's one I like. It's a good riff. And, bro, how do you not love that line? We come from the land of the ice and snow. It's pretty. Zeppelin knows how to. I'll say this. Led Zeppelin knows how to to, uh, open their records. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. You have anything else to add? Dude, it's Immigrant Song. Yeah, it's Immigrant Song. It rules, and I was stoked. Not much else to it. Track two is called Friends. It's some folk kind of thing. Get ready to hear that a lot. Good sound. It's, it says good uh, acoustic guitars. They sound nice. Uh, I actually wish they played this one on the radio instead because I, I I really actually kind of dug this song. It stays in one place for like the whole song, uh, but it's a good place. Um, apparently, the song is less than four minutes, but it sounded longer than four minutes. Whether that's a good thing or not, it's up to you, but yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Like the production on this sounds like timeless. Yeah, like, you were, honestly, you were saying like, that, dude, yeah. this could fit just fine in today. It literally it could just sound it like fine in today. Maybe yeah. because like acoustics just a lot more simple and just like literally you could sound good real easy. Not much else to it. Yeah, there's yeah. also a fucking lot of freaking stringed instruments, like an orchestra of some sorts going on. Yeah, so it was pretty like big production. And honestly, I thought the song was sick. No, it was good. Yeah, I was. I thought the song was cool. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I was surprised. Number was, Trace! Yeah, I was surprised. You know, I'm like, man, am I actually semi-coming around to Led Zeppelin? Look at this. 
Uh, it, look at this. The song leads into track three, which is called Celebration Day. It's an up-tempo Zeppelin uh, song, a new, you know, guitar newly rock song. It's all right. Didn't completely hook me. Kind of just, again, stayed in one place again. It felt longer than three and a half minutes. Uh, this is this song is officially when I realized okay so this is what so this is when Led Zeppelin wants to sound like generic Led Zeppelin cool dude so yeah I wrote down that the number song three was a mid paced banger it sounded like the song was leaving the sixties and heading into the seventies I, I thought this one was like I thought this one was tight I thought I remember you said something like I didn't remember if it was that song but yeah you did say something like that. So track four is called Since I've Been Loving You. This song makes me laugh because when it came on, like just the way it started, me and James just immediately knew where it was going. And we were like actually begging it to stop because it sounded like it was just going to lead into another 12 bar blues song. Now, I'll admit the song didn't suck and it didn't sound like a carbon copy like the of the other blues songs they've made. And I can see that the shredding sounds kind of nice, but the drums and bass do not change for like the entire song. I think Bonham does a fill once in a while, but that's about it. And then Robert Plant is <laughs> right here. The Robert Plant cheese is strong. And when I wrote this, I wrote and we are five minutes into the song and there's two minutes left. Fuck. Yeah, it's a seven-minute song. Yeah, no. So I was like, well, damn it, this is a 12-bar blues song. Okay, this doesn't didn't suck, but I couldn't have this song on repeat. And honestly, the song just would not end. Yeah. When it like should have end, it just kept on going. Yeah. Fucking going. It's like f- fuck you. <laughs> like I saw the deers today on my hike. I just want I just went and said, fuck you. <laughs> That's a good one. Track five is called Out on the Tiles. And I wrote here, finally, some life. You know, the song was, I remember liking the song. It was a little on the, um, a little on the energetic side, kind of hooked me. I wrote, but I wrote, it's kind of whatever. And then I just wrote here because this is all Robert Plant did for the end of the song. It's just like, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I wrote it like eight times here because that's like my big takeaway from the song. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I just wrote down this had a fucking noodle riff, but honestly, it was a fine groover. Track six is Gallows Pole. Now, this threw us off because it's a kind of country thing and there's like tempo changes, but there's straight. There's a banjo. I mean, it's kind of cool. Maybe it's a little too long, but it was something different. I wrote down that this was an acoustic banger. Then had an upbeat twangy boy going on. And then I just wrote down. Honestly, the song was fun. I liked it. That was nice. It was I always like fun songs. Yeah. Track seven is called Tangerine. They left in an outtake in the beginning or something, but whatever. It's an acoustic boy. The electric guitar solo I wrote here sounds kind of sexy. More country influences. I was driving as I wrote my notes. So, yeah, I wrote down back with more acoustic and I guess it was just a chilling ballad. I can't say like light my world on fire. And then track eight all is called That's the Way. Uh, I wrote here, it's an all-acoustic folks boy song. And then I wrote here, me thinks the band likes Bob Dylan. And that's all I wrote for it. <laughs> Was it song seven or song eight? Eight, that's the way. I wrote down more acoustic. Eh, we need a rocker here. We need a rocker here. Track nine, the bra. Okay, this song's weird. I'm just going to spell it out for you guys. And then I want you to imagine how to say it. It's B-R-O-N dash Y dash A-U-R stomp. The fuck is that? The bra stomp? I don't know. More country stuff. I wrote here, it sounds like Hobbit music. 
Uh, I all cut, and I wrote here the songs are all running together now. The playing is good, but the songs are all one after the other. And I wrote here, I feel like Jimmy Page is better with acoustic guitars. I wrote down, bro, more acoustic. <laughs> but this had more of a rock and vibe, so I kind of liked it more than like the past couple. But I'm yeah. like, dude, it's just more acoustic. And then song 10. Hats off to Roy Harper. It starts off like a vaguely noisy thing. Then there's a, then there's a slide on the guitar that sounds like it's... No. Then there's a slide guitar that plays that sounds like it's having a heart attack. And I'm like, well, okay, at least Jimmy Page can do is trying to do interesting things. And I just wrote here, it was interesting. The second half of this album was weird. I just wrote so a weird production edit for this song. And then I wrote down, yeah, Side B decided to be a fucking folk EP. Yeah. And I just wrote here, Led Zeppelin 3. It came and it went. That was pretty much my impression after we finished listening just, to it. My thing was the Side B is like, okay, it decided to be very folky after you mentioned it. And I'm like, dude, it literally decided to be all folk, no yeah. rock. Nothing we wrong. And like it's got immigrants. Like side A, I think is pretty fine. I think it's pretty killer. But then side B is like, unless you're fine with some folk, it feels like filler. And honestly, he's like, dude, fucking shoot me. Where's the goddamn bangers? <laughs> this had the opposite problem of how it like too, where it was like nothing but rockers. I'm like, where's the breakup acoustics? Like like album one. Yeah. And this one, I'm like, all right, we got to break up with the acoustics and stuff. But then I realized. All side B is just acoustics. Damn yeah, it. The breakup Give me the stop. damn fucking... Give me some back and forth. <laughs> Fuck, you could do both. Don't worry. It's okay. Unless you don't <laughs> like the rocking and rolling. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby. Hey, bro, don't worry. Led Zeppelin 4 next week, so you know what that means. Next week is Stairway. Fucking Stairway. You might have to close the door. I think yeah. so. Oh, no. Someone's leaving. Leave the door. I don't hear no tunes. Okay. But yeah, next week is Stairway to Heaven, which baby, is... Baby, baby. So yeah, Led Zeppelin 3. Um, I feel like I didn't... I don't really know what to say about it. Maybe it was because I was listening to it in the car and taking notes, but like, I don't know. It did... Like, Led Zeppelin 1 and 2, I felt like left an impact on me after I... In some way, after I finished listening to it. But aside from Immigrant Song, everything on this album, I'm just kind of like... I just vaguely remember like little bits and pieces of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Led Zeppelin 1 and 2, I can I can recall some songs. Mostly because Led Zeppelin 2 and 1, I was yelling at the, uh, you know, 12 Bar Blues songs. But still, they were memorable. Yeah, no. So for sure, this album, Side A, cool. Side yeah. B, unless mm. you're fucking, uh, unless you like folk instruments, yeah. you could miss it. I believe it. So Aver honestly, it's like if you had to, it's worth the journey. Yeah. And I did feel like it break things up. I don't want more just rocking and rolling. I do get bored with I believe just it was rocking I believe, and rolling. Oh yeah, me for too. For over forty minutes. I believe it was Abraham Lincoln that said, "People who like this sort of thing will find that this is the sort of thing that they like." That's how I feel about side B. Fucking cool. <laughs> All, All right. right, let me just grab a thing. And listeners, that was our Led Zeppelin "Let the Let Out" review. Next week, obviously, we're gonna be here with "Stairway to Heaven." Yeah, or Led Zeppelin Four. I'm the sure it's fucking forbidden to play like at guitar shops. I thought that was just a joke in Wayne's world, but no, apparently that's real. Or maybe it was real after that. I don't know. All right, then. Listeners, we reviewed this last episode of Dark Side of the Rings, season three, episode 10. 10, I think. Yes. 
them talking about FMW. And honestly, I was pretty stoked for this episode. No, me too. And this spoiler alert, I was pretty stoked on this episode. No, I'll say it right here. I was too. This was this was good. This was pretty good. Um, well, just like all Dark Side of the Rings. No, honestly, all Dark Side of the Ring is good. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying like how like it started out. It's just a fucking cold open of stuff that they're just going to do later in the episode. Yeah. As we're done, cold open of fucking explosions, blood, carnage, and then like the title card. We had an exploding ring in the background. So I'm like, that, that was a cute edit. I was like, hey, you changed it up. That's cute. I wrote here, the episode is called Blood and Wire. And I'm like, that name is fucking metal as fuck, dude. You can say FMW is pretty fucking metal. Pretty fucking metal, Come man. on, dude. Mullets and explosions. That's <laughs> what you're getting with this episode. That's what heavy metal should be, actually. Yeah, no, but it's fucking um, dudes that look like Nick Nocturnal. <laughs> and with fake drums. Yes, and get stoked on and dudes get stoked on spirit box. Oh my god. That's right. I forgot. You're not are you do you not are you not down with the spirit box? Here's the thing, if I was to critique spirit box on a fair level, they're pretty they're better than a lot of metalcore. <laughs> okay. They're doing it but right. They're not they're not changing the wheel. Okay. But then them are but the like spirit box itself like honestly, it's like they're doing better than most metalcore. Metalcore is pretty fucking stale. You know what didn't reinvent the wheel was FMW. Are you sure? Well, you said did or did it? Did. Well, they definitely did. They didn't just reinvent the wheel. They like if the we if the wheel they reinvented was like a stone wheel from the Flintstones. The wheel that they replaced it with was like a steel barbed wire wheel from like Mad Max. So the intro is based, like you said. Just a whole bunch of explosions, shit. blood, carnage, and an exploding title card. Yeah, the and Jericho's <laughs> voice. There's not much else to it. Yeah. So, um, so let me get to the past so, the intro. Yeah. So the show begins proper. We meet Onita. This guy looks like he's a fucking badass, dude. Like he was just he just radiated that energy. He just radiated, just like he's just a charismatic enigma. Yeah. Like honestly. <laughs> Let's be real here. His wrestling kind of sucks, but he did cool shit. Yeah. And he comes off kind of a cool dude. And that's always been well, the wrestling that I can He came off as an entertaining dude. Yes, for Let's sure. be real. He's kind of not Well, a that's cool how Antonio dude. Inoki did it. Is he a great wrestler? No, but is he like. Uh, well, he's better than fucking Onita. Uh, oh, is he? Did they ever wrestle? No. Damn it. It was like, no, when Onita did a short stint in New Japan, late 90s, all oh, dude, no. Inoki was far removed. Damn it. So Damn. it begins, and on, and we meet Onita. He talks about how he read a manga that was based on that uh, got him into wrestling. That got him into wrestling. It was about Giant Baba. Giant Baba. I have the notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, fucking say it faster, better. And thought and so he read the manga about Giant Baba, and he's like, "Man, wrestling looks sick. I'm gonna do that." And he talks about how dare how dare he. Terry and Dory Funk were basically gods over there and in like Japan. Japan. Terry Funk on, and we see a cult. We see they give him a little clip package of his carnage throughout the years, and how yeah, he's a legend over in Japan. Mick Foleyon talks about how Onita went to the uh, went to the U.S. to hone his craft for a while, and how and Mick Foley said that for a while that he was considered like an American Onita. I'm like, I guess. Well, because he, I guess, well, because he's like, I'm Mick Foley, sometimes referred to as King of the Deathmatch. I'm like, no, he wasn't. I don't remember him being called that. Well, maybe it's I thought that, I thought that was Terry Funk or Onita, or maybe he, 
Would you deny McFoley a title of having King of Deathmatch? Oh, fuck no. Yeah. That's his bread and butter. Yeah, come his on. Bloody br- his bloody butter. So, and then they talk about how Anita was a fan and friend of a man named Terry Styles. There's a story about how uh, at a promotion, Onita was refusing to lose to someone. And Oh, you're talking about this is when Onita has finally gotten the wrestling business. And yeah. he went on an excursion to Terry Funk's territory in Armorillo. Yeah, and he was going to, uh, he was refusing to lose to somebody that he thought was beneath him. So they kicked, so the, so they kicked his ass. Yeah, they all like whipped his ass. <laughs> Fucking re- old wrestling, man. So then Terry Funk is there and he takes um, Onita under his wing. They become close and they speak of this wrestling event that happened in Tennessee. What they call it's like a concession match. Yeah, there was a concession brawl in Tennessee. I, yeah. think my, I don't know if it's Jerry Lawler's territory. Like it is Tennessee. But yeah, no. And he just talks about like freaking he did a concession brawl and he just saw how like Forget it, like route up people because there's a lady that kicked him in the face, face with, with his heels. Yeah, yeah, and he's just fucking bleeding all over the place. And he's like, you know what? Honestly, hardcore wrestling gets the people going. Yeah, I'm gonna bring this back to Japan. Maybe. By the way, I should I should point out that at this point in the show, everyone that talks about Onita, whether they've met him or not, is just like, yeah, no, this guy's nuts. Which sets the stage up for the rest of this show. So yeah, that's this inspires him to explore a more hardcore style. So it goes Ish, to because like once he's back from an excursion when yeah. he goes to Japan, he's like being treated as a light heavyweight. Yeah. So Anita joins all Japan, and they show um they show this clip of when he fell off the ring during a match. He like I uh, dislocated his knee, and according to Anita, the bone was sticking out. I couldn't see it in the footage, but I well, guess I it didn't was. want to see bone sticking out. Well, no, I don't. But yeah, no. So he fucked up his knee royally, and it honestly like kind of killed his wrestling career, especially as a high flyer. Yeah, I guess he was a high flyer at one point. Well, he was going as like being treated as a light heavyweight. Yeah, but with us, you could be a high flyer. So I wrote here, bye bye high flying Onita. Here comes death match Onita. You would guess ish because then like they talk about the birth of FNW where Onita Nita set up having matches with a fucking karate champion. Yeah, his name was like Masashi. Oh, I autocorrected his last name, so I didn't get it right. But yeah, a guy named, whose name was Masashi. Just say a karate champion. A karate champion to a wrestling match uh, to put butts in seats. And bro, this shit was a fucking shoot. They were just... That dude was just kicking Onita right in the fucking skull, just full on. They were punching each other. That shit looked wild. Well, yeah, no, but that actually dropped people in to check out this rivalry of like, oh, hey, professional wrestler trained by a giant Baba facing karate world champion yeah. in fucking wrestling ring and just like do that. Thus bringing in FMW, Frontier, was like, yeah, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling or something. They talk about how FMW prospered back then. Because- I think I got that wrong, so give me a second to correct that. Okay. Sorry. But continue. So in the beginning, they mentioned how FMW uh, would help put them on the map. Besides that was just how it was like a best of like a lot of the different worlds. You had high flying. You had technical guys. You had so you had a lot of tough women and dope ass violence. But the glue that was holding everything together was Onita. Crowds fucking love that guy. Well, it's hard not to. He's fucking killer. And yeah, no, it is Frontier Martial Arts okay. Wrestling. I did have it right, ha. (laughs) So then, and then in Mick Foley's words, he's talking about the idea behind this match. He's talking about injuries. He said, and the thing is. Oh, are you talking about like one where like one of the women like got freaking shot by a fireball? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And her outfit was just melting on her. 
fucking just like wrecking into her skin. So yeah, like the after costume the match, got burned into her skin. Yeah, no. So she still had the fucking stinger, and he fully just like hearing her freaking howling cries. He's like, "Well, yeah. I gotta go out to a match," and this yeah. is stuck in my memory because fully Santa Claus, <laughs> he cares for real life. And right before, and right before that, he was saying how yeah, injuries weren't just like unavoidable; they were encouraged. I'm like, wait, the inj- getting an injury was encouraged? I'm like, okay. But yeah, then Onita talks about how... Onita gives a little backstory about the first time he encountered barbed wire and how it scared him, but he knew it'd be exciting. And then he created the exploding barbed wire. And yeah, he's ba- and Onita's just like, I wanted to do what no one else would. So then, Well, if- no one else was the sign <laughs> of like set up explosions and have people thrown into them. So after the lady gets burned, it cuts the commercial. And when we come back, it's saying how a lot of legendary peeps uh, would come through the promotion, like Mike Knox, Masato Tanaka. Mike Knox? You Mike, mean Mike Awesome. Awesome. I meant Mike Awesome. It fucking, I'm used to typing Mike Knox. And then um, a guy named Ricky Fujian. And he's like, yeah. This guy looks like a rocker. This guy looks like fun. He's like, yeah, man, we were hype shit. No one, no one's seen anything like us before. Chris Jericho on talks about how his first show there was the main event and he got his ass kicked by a fucking karate fighter. By a karate fighter. Yeah, it was like him and Lance Storm, like Ricky Fuji helped introduce them and get them into FMW. What's you could have Jericho talk about like not getting fucking skimped on pay by freaking Onita in FMW shows. Yeah, you know, they didn't really, I mean... They brought it up they, for a second. They brought that up for a second. They sure they sure brought it up with the other guy though. So then Sabu won. Uh I didn't know this actually, but his uncle is legendary wrestler the Sheik and he tells a story about how his first match with the company was a barbed wire match. And then, you know, match goes on. He gets fucked up. He needs stitches. But at the hospital or backstage, whatever, it's ta- in his opinion, it's taking too long to for them to put the stitches in. So this motherfucker crazy now, glues his stitches, his open wounds together. Yeah, just like tape and crazy glue and just like, all right, I'm not doing the stitches thing. It takes hours. I'm not doing that hour procedure again. And then we see like. Savu's like you know upper body with all the scars and stuff and I wrote here like Mick Foley is talking about you know how legendary and brave whatever Sabu is but I wrote here Mick Foley is low-key simping over Sabu's battle scars (laughs) that's what it felt like then Foley talks about how Onita was super crazy over with everyone and how after every main event, the whole thing was, you know, he gave a big promo. He's he crying in the yeah, ring. Showed a lot of passion and went to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> because it's it's FMW. Yeah. But the fucking fans were eating it up. And also Jericho like says as friggin. Yeah. And he used that song. Wild thing. Joan Jess version. And I just sit there. It's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, you fucking poser Jericho. That's fucking X. You fucking like goofy hair. Fucking backing track using bitch. It's fucking X. Not Joan Jett. Get oh, it fucking man. real son. That's funny. That was, that was our old theme song too. We, uh, we only like used it to one show. It was it was a good theme song though. Yeah. Wow, thing. Yeah, and it's done by L.A. freaking legendary punk band X, not Joan Jett. Which I'm not discrediting Joan Jett. Joan Jett rules. Oh, no, she's just, good, but she if she didn't write the, if she didn't do the fucking song. She didn't do the fucking song. I'm just calling Jericho a fucking goon. <laughs> so then, um, I believe it's Onita mentions how the ex- yeah he mentions how the explosion the exploding ring was all his idea, and we cut to a flame match between him Sabu. Oh, you mean the fire rope match? Where this is yeah, like fire was, rope was stupidly ridiculous. 
ridiculously dangerous. Sabu says he thinks Onita got the idea because apparently they did this shit in Puerto Rico, which kind of doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, he was like, they couldn't breathe. There was like an FMW logo on the ring on the ring mat, and it was like melting off onto their skin. And then everyone gets the fuck out. But the Sheik had. He's a little old. He's a little old and can't just like freaking like he ain't no like spring chicken that could just like mob the fuck out of the ring. So then he says that the Sheik had 60% of his body burned. And when Sabu threw water on him, his skin peeled off. Like, what the fuck is this? Mortal Kombat? So, yeah, no. Kind of a total total disaster. You know what? This is Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Okay, so they don't really talk about it much, but n- the next part here, I wrote here. So basically, at this point, Onita's kingpin. He's a he's partying like a rock star, and they mention he has sticky fingers, but that's pretty much it. They don't talk about how much I, he like really undercut a lot. Of I don't piece. know. I don't know how you feel about man, this, but he's kind know. of a crooked businessman. A little bit. Kind of. A, I don't know if he's a shyster, but no, he's a little shyster. Yeah, he, yeah Come he's, on, a shyster. he's a shyster. I mean, he's cool. Like he's, he's cool awesome. As, like he's cool as shit, but he's a little bit of a shyster at <laughs> the same time. A, he's kind of a d bag. Yeah, but we just have the dark edits of like him with a sick mullet, mobbing in a car. Yeah, and him talking about. His, is it the part where he's talking about he's getting like two million a year? He's two million a year. He bought a four story house for himself and five cars. And, but then they also talk about how like oh yeah, there's yakuza ties with these shows. Yeah, and they, why? Because like well one, they were usually the owners of the venues, and two. Well, owner, venue owners and sponsors, yeah. but they also use events to help launder freaking money. Yeah, that's what Jericho says. It was a money laundering thing. Yeah, so Mick Foley, but it works. Mick Foley said he remembered going to dinners with some of the sponsors, and he noticed that some of them are missing parts of, if not their whole pinkies, because that's Yakuza things. Sabu tells a story how he was uh, in a wrestling match and he was fighting. And this is kind of funny to me. There was like, they were in this arena and then there well, was the like. Thing. They were talking about shows where you can see part of the seats where it's like a lot of people aren't around. Like these really say nicely yeah, dressed yeah. people. Which are clearly obviously Yakuza's. And then they started fighting around them. And Sabu didn't know you're not supposed to do that. So then after the show. Well, no, yeah, he straight up was just, like, brawling right into them. Like, they weren't moving at first, but I guess they might have crashed into a lady or a dude or so. But then after the match... Then after the match, they come they come for Sabu, and then they just beat the shit out of him. But yeah, then he dude, gets... there's, like, five dudes beating the shit out of him, but fucking Mike Awesome, a shit brick house, actually comes in with the save. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote here, Mike Awesome... Uh, uh, Sabu is heroically saved by Mike Awesome, which that's That's pretty great. awesome. I love Mike Awesome. Oh, dude, Mike Awesome's awesome. So... Except he can't speak, but fuck it. Even when he was a shitty gimmick, I don't give WCW a shit. WCW 2000. You know that was fun though. The fat chick thriller. That was. That's, our, that's almost, our friend Dylan. Yeah, and he almost killed Shaggy Tudo <laughs> on top of the love bus. See, how do you not love? Even though it's terrible, how do you not love that? Yeah, no. And Mike so, Awesome fending off like five Yakuza gang members because he's just a big fucking dude. He's just the biggest Chad. So Nina brings and he had in a great mullet. Yeah. Oh. Oh, he had. I don't know. If he, he had an awesome. Mullet. He might have had like the most picture perfect wrestling mullet. I don't know. Anita has one too. Well, that's too many men. Okay, can I ask you how the fuck do the Japanese perf- perfect the art of the mullet? I don't. It's it's perfect. Well, like look at Onita's. It's perfect. Yeah, he just has an awesome mullet. <laughs> so Anita brings in Terry Funk for an exploding barbed wire match. 
They asked. No, it's an exploding barbed wire ring, ring no. match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like the ring's going to blow up on them. Yeah. And then they asked Funk if they told him ahead of time. Or oh, they, time bomb. Sorry. Yeah, time bomb. Always that's like, how they describe yeah, it. Yeah, like fucking time bomb, barbed wire, rope, exploding ring, death match. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of bullshit. And maybe it rolls off the tongue in the But at the language. same time, it's very descriptive. Yeah. If you have it tells any... you what it is. Yes. They asked Funk if they told him ahead of time where the explosions were going to be. And he was like, hell no. I, oh, I got to like, say this. No. I haven't mentioned this a lot, uh, him a lot, but Funk came off in this giving super hella chill grandpa vibes. Oh, dude. Funk was awesome as he an was interview. Great. He was the exact opposite of Tommy Dreamer from oh, the, yeah. from the uh, hell No, Funk ain't a hell. piece of shit like Tommy Dreamer came off as. So the match is going. Funk ain't telling me, oh, I'm offending someone because I got two ponytails. <laughs> I'm offending someone. You know the thing? No, Terry Funk's Funk like, no. Dude, Terry Funk's such a boy scout. He like barely curses. Yeah. He like gave out a warning before he said shit on the, in the interviews. See, he's it's like part of my language. He's so wholesome, but he's also a fucking madman. I love yes. Terry Funk. So, and I think Mick Foley says it at some point in the same. But yeah, he's like one of the most universally beloved wrestlers of all time. And it's like, bro, how do you not? And I just love Terry Funk describing. It's like, honestly, I don't know where the explosions at. And honestly, the big is like, were you worried about the explosions? No, I was laughing at all the people that front row tickets because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, they're gonna get fucking wrecked. Yeah, he's just like, oh, there's gonna be an exploding Barbara wing. Oh. Let's get the front seat. <laughs> like that's he can sounds like he can barely talk, but he's, he's fucking old. <laughs> so the match is going, and then there's a timer, like we said, and then when it expires, it ex- it's going to explode, and then um, it's down to the last like thirty seconds or whatever. Um, Onita gets out of the ring, but he sees that like funk. he beat, he was able to beat Funk and pin him, but yeah. like the friggin' it's not stopping explosions once he's out, and he realizes oh Funk's not getting up, and he's going to get wrecked by explosions. And then this is the most Chad shit in the universe. Onita goes back in. And pulls a hero and he dives tries to in wake, to save him. He tries him. to wake up Funk, but the counter just keeps going, so he and just then, covers his body yeah. to prevent Did Funk you ever from see- dying from the explosion. From okay, finger quotations, dying an explosion, and fucking concussion bomb, like yeah. friggin' like powder concussion bombs just went off, and the ring's just in smoke. Question: Did you ever see that Mel Gibson Vietnam movie where the soldier to save his platoon jumps on top of the grenade? That's what Onita did yes. for Terry Funk. He just dives on him with his with his thick and shields him from the blast. But yeah, it looked like there were there weren't any actual explosions in the ring. It was all outside. I yeah. could be wrong. It was all around yeah. the ring. Yeah. But no, he saved his life. He pulled him out of an explosion, man. Oh, and then Funk mentions how he uh, didn't get paid <laughs> after all that carnage. Yeah. <laughs> So a great Ani- match, though. Yeah. So Anita's on TVs and game shows and he shit. He just becomes a celebrity at He's this point. He's super popular. And then eventually he announces his uh, re- he wants to retire. So at the time, they're grooming a young man named Hayabusa. Hayabusa. Yeah, I know. Hayabusa. 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 So he has an explosive. So he's like an explosive high flying wrestler. His daughter comes on and she's like, yeah, no, my dad was hype shit. Good guy, too. Yeah, he's a totally cool dude. And like freaking Jericho talks about, yeah, no, Hayabusa was all exciting. Uh, wait. 
and uh, yeah, no, I just, here's my notes. It's like, Hayabusa, we meet his daughter. Now they need a retire match. So yeah, they talk about the, no, like. No, that's where it cuts to. Yeah, it was like the exploding barbed wire cage friggin' Okay, I thought, I thought I was tripping because. But there's a time bomb too, and the time bomb goes off too. Yeah, I thought I was tripping because I wrote here, I wrote here, steel cage barbed wire match, but then I wrote in. There's also a time bomb, so the ring was going to explode on them. And then I wrote in parentheses, did I get that right? Yeah, no, so yeah, they wrestled and yeah, the ring explodes on them, but the match continues. Like yeah. you couldn't see them for like a minute because there's so much so much smoke. smoke, smoke and powder and stuff. But friggin' yeah, no, they finish the match. Onita wins and he retires, and thus like friggin' he like claims Hayabusa is now the new face of FMW, and the, and, and he's he gives like, the business to the ring announcer. He's yeah. like, all right, you're now president. Here you go. I'm gonna go try to become a celebrity movie star, dude. Yeah, that's the funny part because he tried to be the Rock. So that's the funny part because yes, uh, the match is over and. It ends with Onita on the microphone, literally crying and banging Hayabusa. Never make me have to return to this ring. And then, yes, he goes off to the thing. And, yeah, he gives it to the ring announcer. His daughter comes on. Shell. Yeah. I guess she's an artist or something. I suppose. I haven't looked it up, but she speaks well English. Yeah, very good. So Onita, And so she says that Onita basically gave uh, her dad the role, and she's not... And it, baffled her why he was involved in the business anyway because he was a nice guy uh the promotion suffers without onita and because like he while, was just so fucking over and he made one movie and then after that he was like fuck i am not cut out for this yeah fuck that so i guess i should try some wrestling so he makes a surprise reappearance less than a year he wanted to be heel and tokyo booed him as intended and that's it Everywhere else they went, like the rural areas and stuff, they were all like, yeah, Onita, dude. Yeah, Onita rules, bro. So, He's so steep. So, Arai. And I guess this around the time he did some, like, a couple, like, exploding barbed wire matches in New Japan. He did one with, like... They didn't mention that, I think. No. Yeah. But, like, that's part of the Onita, like, history. He for sure did one... I know for sure he did one with Chono and freaking Muda. Masahiro wanna, Chono? Yeah. Oh, nice. No, no, dude, there's a great entrance with the freaking Chono match where he's just walking down the ring at, like, I'm guess what, the Tokyo Dome, and just, like, he just posts up a fold-out chair, lights a cigarette, and he's just got trash thrown at him, like, all throughout <laughs> at him. It's, like, one of the sickest entries. Like, dude, he's, like, the coolest motherfucker. Let's be real. Like, That's amazing. He's, like, a sticky fingers and won't pay Terry Funk piece of shit, but, like, at the same time, he's, like, fuck, you're kind of cool. Not gonna lie. <laughs> and yes, he becomes a politician in his life and then he gets kicked out. Oh, as they a didn't talk about that. No, oh, dude, it's so. I, dude, you. I know it's about FMW. You need but two still. hours for Onita. <laughs> you need you, almost three. You might need three. So yes, everyone. So a lot of people love him. So the so the guy he gave the business to awry. He wants to move away from the death matches. So he brings in a guy named my autocorrect fucked me up. But was the guy's name Fiyutsuki? Don't bother. Okay, well, he brings in, let's just call him Sports Entertainment Man. And oh, yeah. Wait, hold it. I think I might have it. Sorry, my notes, like, jumped on me. No, that happens to me all the time. <sighs> Where the fuck is it? Oh, yeah. I, now, after realizing Onia can't make movies, he tries to return back as a heel, but people love him. Arai wanted to get away from death matches, so he brings a guy, and a guy, that's all I got, that okay, tries well, to make the company more entertainment-focused stuff. Like, fucking urination angles and firecrackers up dudes' buttholes. Like, weird backyard of comedy shit. Okay, firecrackers in the butthole in a wrestling ring sounds pretty funny. Like, that's funny, <laughs> but that's, like, compared to what FMW is doing. Hey, it's an explosion. Yeah, no, because, like, friggin', yeah, like, FMW is, like... He even created a title belt named the Wrestling Entertainment World Title. Yes. Or something like that. But, yeah. Now, here's some shit. The yeah. fucking company that Onita helped 
crate and build comes I, into a, he's asked into a meeting where the whole locker room's in the office with the president and they don't fire him they all they ask him politely him to, to leave quit yes can you please quit can you please quit can you please quit can you please quit you know like evangelion around the end where like shinji <laughs> finally gets over his fucking uh his, like, his depression dep- yeah and everyone's just like what? congratulations yeah it was just a whole line of people except everyone's like can you please quit <laughs> That's pretty good. It's like, can you please quit? Can you please quit? Can you please quit? And he's like, well, fine. I guess I have to. I guess I have to leave now. Bye. But unfortunately, there's tragedy because like the company was getting like a little bit more traction with Hayabusa's top guy and I guess doing more athletic wrestling. But holy fuck, this tragedy. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he goes for a moonsault off the second ring. Kind of like how Jericho's moonsault. Actually, yeah, just like, yeah, the lion salt. But he, like, slips. But he has his head, like, cranked back like he's still going to go. Like he, And then freaking, like, his head gets fucking caught while landing. And I guess it just separates his fucking body. Yeah, like, he's paralyzed. Sabu says he can talk, but he can't move. He's like, Fool was like, it was fucking tragic. See, it was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And he's just like, on the fuck ring, can't move. And like, they have to call the match. It's a fucking tragedy. I'm just like, fuck. Oh, get dead. Did not want to see that. So he, oh, but yeah. I guess it had to. It's the fucking story. But, oh. So he's paralyzed. His career's over. And with him gone and Onita, FMW has no one. They're yeah, in fi- they did not build any other stars. They're in financial turmoil as fuck. So instead of, a- in Onita's own words, instead of asking me for help, he goes to loan sharks. And did they imply he was using his family's money? Yes. Two. Yeah. He was also taking like family's money, taking out mortgages. And his stuff, wife divorces. His wife divorces yeah. him. And then unfortunately, he is led to. Um, suicide but the way that debt works over there is so, just because you die that means your family inherits the debt so loan sharks just went and repossessed his wife and daughter's like house yeah uh so then something interesting happened i want to ask your opinion so uh, so onita says he felt he said i don't want to speak ill of the dead but he felt awry failed in business but then arise daughter says he felt he was she felt he was kind of used by onita but then as Onita, looking like a badass and a bad guy, lights a up a cigarette. L- lights up a cigarette. He says, "You can get out of pain. Just tell them you can't." Which true is a legit thing in the Yakuza world. But then the subtitles say that Onita said, "I don't think it was uh, much about whatever. It was more an emotional thing for Arai." Now I'm not the best on context for Japanese sentence structures, but t- to me, it felt like he was basically calling Arai weak. He just felt like Arai killed himself just out of the pressure. Like, mm. Odina's just like, honestly, I'm kind of a dirtbag, and if I'm not paying, <laughs> I'll just say, hey, I can't pay. <laughs> Can we figure stuff out? But Arai is like too much of a boy scout, and thus yeah. he felt like too much like emotional pressure, and he decided to sadly like commit suicide. I mean, that is a pretty common thing that you hear about, you know, is... He just dead. felt like Arai was just too proud of a person and stuff, yeah. so... And it's like, honestly, that's just on him. It seems like Onita's dealt with some loan sharks. He's like, sorry, bro, just kept paying. Oh, well. It sounds like he's but, wrestled for some loan sharks. But at the same time, it's like, Onita's like, too cool. Yeah. It's like, almost could be like, hey, sorry, kept paying. It's like, dude, you're kind of cool. Cause so I, we, cause we'll I, work with you, bro. But the thing is, is that I low-key felt like he was We're saying that. horrible speaking ill will of the dead. It's it's a sad no, we're not, story. I'm not speaking ill will of Orion. I'm speaking ill will of fucking Onita. Oh, yeah, no. But the Ill. problem is... He pulls out the cigarette and just lights it like it's a fucking Yakuza game. He's just like, 
Oh no, he don't give no fucks. He doesn't give a shit. He don't. He gives zero fucks. See, like when they had Antonio Inoki on, you felt like this guy was like throughout his whole thing. He came off like this dignified personality that was like older and looking back on his on on his life. He's but also Onita, way older than Onita. Yeah, but still, Onita shows up. All he needed was a leather jacket. One fought Muhammad Ali. <laughs> One ran into explosions. There's the difference here. That's very true. Two One had a sick mullet. One had a sick chin. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I, I have nothing else to add to that. There's but, a difference between these two gentlemen. One didn't get kicked out of office because he was caught having a threesome in the offices. Wasn't there drugs there, too? Maybe. Have you seen Onita? Would you be shocked? He looks like oh. he wants to smoke doobies and fucking stick his like pee pee in the multiple I'm surprised ladies. he still has anything there. Drugs are taken very seriously over there. I didn't know this, but did you know it's taboo in Japan to like make like movies or manga that like talk about or deal with drugs? I guess yeah, yeah. I didn't they know. They're really stingy on marijuana. There's a couple like vo- the. The Japanese voice actor for Frozen's Olaf quit voice acting because he got busted for cocaine. And he's just... Qu- okay, that's he, cocaine. He had, well, yeah, but he had to like leave voice acting forever just because of the way things are. But I, my, I remember thinking, like, of course it's the guy that voices Olaf. But yeah, so the episode kind of ends here. Um, the last half definitely flies by more than the first. Um, he... Uh, they mentioned how um, long after, years later, they said over a decade, like, FMW... We got, sh- like, we got shots of Hayabusa walking in, yeah. like, friggin', like, crutches and stuff. They said, and, like, he lived for a minute, and then, like, FNW, around, like, mid... In, the, in like, 2015, made a quick-ish return. I remember when it happened, but yeah. But it didn't, like, pan out. And then Hayabusa was the GM, but he kind of dies soon after. Yeah, um... Her, his daughter says he was brave the whole time through recovery, rehabilitation, and yeah, he was able to like walk again. So uh, we close out with a couple of we close out with a couple of thoughts by the people, and it's very entertaining. Mick Foley closes us out by saying, "Yeah, FMW was like the Wild West." Onita is like, you know what? I made hardcore. I invented hardcore wrestling, and I spread it around the world. And in the has back- anyone done it better than him? Probably not. ECW tried to do exploding matches and failed. And AEW tried to do exploding match and fucking failed and in the failed, end. failed, yeah. Like, the rest of the match was still pretty good. No, it's the just the, the last fine, explosion yeah. was a dud. And then Sabu, as if to prove Onita's point, he's like, everything he learned, I learned in FMW, I took to ECW. And then they asked Terry Funk if he has anything to, uh, if he had anything to say to Onita, what would it be? And Terry Punk, Terry Funk just flips off the camera, but with a smiling flip off. Yeah, and he's like, and he's like, uh, well, what? Well, now, is there a particular reason why he would flip him off? He's like, no, of course not. God bless Terry Funk. He's great. He's the wrestling grandpa we all need. And Onita says, there's only one giant Baba. There's yeah, only one, one Antonio, Antonio Inoki, Inoki. And there's only one, one Hulk Hogan. And only, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and there's only one Asushi Onita. I was like, you're not wrong. Nah, that's true. No one could be as sick as you. I, I was surprised. <laughs> no he, one could be you. <laughs> only you can be you. Yeah, that's a good thing, too. That's a good thing that no one else could be Onita. Just go research was, Onita. He just sounds like a character of life. Yeah, I know. You guys really should. His wiki page is a trip. But yeah, um, I was always I was surprised he threw out Hulk Hogan's name, but I forgot. Oh, yeah. Japan actually kind of like respects Hulk Hogan still. Yeah. Like, He's not a punchline over here like here. 
Yeah, <laughs> fucking. I'm hanging out above the love sponge. Let me talk about like, how I'm like. Do you old know and, old and like racist thinking and like know, get canceled, son? Do you know the idea? Also, get caught with the sex tape. You know the idea of that. Terry Bowler does not have a 10 inch penis, but Hulk Hogan does. It's like you know the concept love hate relationship. That's Hulk Hogan, but he's a person. Like that's the kind of person he is. Because like. You want to love Hulk Hogan because, like, yeah, he's cheesy and cartoony, but, like, his contributions to the business are insane, and he has, like, a real magic power about him, but then he does some really sus shit, but he's oh, also, no, but he's also, really sus, but he's, but he's also, also cool, meme-worthy, but he's meme-worthy and cool, I wouldn't but say he's kind of douchey. Okay, I don't think Hogan's cool. I think, he's I think just, Hogan's can I think, be cool. I think he's just the biggest entertaining dork. <laughs> But see, I don't feel right calling Hulk Hogan a dork. He's like the biggest wrestler Bro, I ever. I see the fucking NWO leather jacket with the fucking flame job on it. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> you wouldn't wear that uh, with a mullet. Only Hulk Hogan can. That's true. I would not put flame. I would not put racing flames on a leather jacket. See, that's another thing. That's, that's a little <laughs> boomer cringe. See, that's see, that's the other thing. It's a good thing that no one else can be Hulk Hogan. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with, with the cock of love. Yeah, someone who's purely cringe. Speaking of someone that doesn't have a 10-inch penis, yes, but, but thinks he does. All right. All right, listeners, we are back and now ready for some fucking cock of love. Are you ready? Last <sighs> time on Rock of Love, there was drunken debauchery. Kelsey was laying on a fucking speed bump, crying and saying how she does not give a fuck about Rhett and wants to get off the fucking show and trifling times at the fucking truck stop games and Brett cracking down on the blonde because he realized, okay, ladies, you're you're a little too wacky. I'm actually trying to be serious. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was last time on friggin rock of love. Now, sing the theme. Do 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 do. Hey, let me introduce myself. I'm Brett Michaels, baby. I'm cool. I promise. Uh, please let me be your dirty secret, your flesh and blood, your rock of love. Bow wow wow, rock of love. Seriously, did he think that riff sounded cool? No, I don't know if he's a good songwriter. To be honest. Okay, Whatever. so it's at, the morning. It's the morning. Everyone's waking up. Farrah's pretty hungover. She laments how there's only seven of these bitches left. And is actually stressing that, oh shit, Kelsey's gone. Yeah. And there's seven of us. So like, oh damn. We might have to get serious on the shit. So, and then they get a note. Sexy seven, he calls them. Blah, blah, blah. They're going to Redneck Riviera, Panama. City. City. Panama they're, not City. Going, they're not going all the way to fucking Panama. Oh, right. Panama's a... Panama's a place down in like South America. South America. No, they're going yes, to Panama they're, City. They're going to Panama City. Some steezy town in fucking Florida. They're not going next to, to the beach. They're going to Panama City. They're not going to Panama. So the buses converge and everyone's on one bus now. Yeah, they all have to go to the pink bus. And Mindy's not stoked because honestly, I presume that their fucking bus might be the only true salvation from the dramatic lady, just harassment and drama of the of like the fucking mean ladies. Yes. She says bye in the, her talking head, and they edit the bus saying bye to Mindy. Bye, Mindy. You see this? This was me when that happened, and I'm just fucked. Yeah, no, this show kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, she's just like, I'm going to miss And the this is one of the bus. better episodes. Yeah. 
Mm. But yeah, Minnie's gonna miss the bus. Bye, Minnie. She's bye, blue bus. Bye, blue bus. And then um, I hate. The, oh, I wrote here. I hate this show. <laughs> so they get to the hotel. Mindy and well, Ta- Beverly stoked that she's gonna go to the beach. Yeah. They get to the hotel. Mindy and Taya get bunk beds. Uh, apparently, they're super duper pals. Like, yeah, they seem like they're pretty homies. They actually seem like they're homies. Yeah. Farah almost falls off the balcony. And then Big Ish. Ish. That's just what I remember. I think I it's just Farah. It's just Farah and Ashley dorking around on the balcony. Looking blonde. <laughs> looking hot. Big John. Too big of boobies. Too, too big, too big of boobies. Big John brings them bikinis, and they head down to- Dude, the they attacked the bikinis like lions. Yeah, they did. And, like, they had a little lion effect, but, dude, Big John was like, okay, then, I'm out of here. Because, <laughs> like, these ladies were getting savage on bikinis, and you just have the blondes going like, oh, we grabbed the itty-bitty bikinis, because, like, when you have titties as big as ours, why would you want to wear something big to cover it? She wore an itsy-bitsy-titty-witty yellow polka dot So they ride to the pool. They get to the pool. But not any pool. A kiddie pool. And I, was, and Mindy, I laughed because Mindy said, what's a going on in the talking What's a going head? on? <laughs> so the challenge is there's military ladies or wives of military men there. And well, Brett there's says, veterans, active military yeah. or wives of like soldiers. Uh, and then Brett says they all get a day off. And it's like, yeah, cool. But she says, um, and now Brett says, not Brett's, she. sorry, Brett says like he looks like a girl, but. Brett says basically the girl, the women have to watch the kids. And when I first time watched this, I was howling. Yeah. It was like, oh, they're in their fucking stripper heels and fucking itty bitty bikinis. And it's like, you have to watch over children. And I was like, I was just, that's fucking hilarious. That <laughs> honestly good. was hilarious. Uh, Brett pranked them so good. So, okay. So and then, then we found out a lot of these ladies have fucking kids. We, okay. I was going to say, Britannia, this is, I'm going to just read off in my notes how I wrote it. Britannia has a kid. Did she say that before? No. Taya apparently has a kid. Did she say that before? No. And then later on during this bullshit, we later learned that Ashley has a son. And I wrote, what the fuck? When? Did when? she say that before? No. No. So, yeah, the kids, uh, the the gimmick is the kids are going to judge the woman and see who's the best mommy. Or who's just the coolest lady. Yeah. As Brett's also. On no, his- he said the words the coolest mommy. He did. Cringe. <laughs> Fucking cringe. <laughs> yeah. And, and whoever's the coolest lady gets a rad date. So at first, Beverly's kicking ass. She's reading off the rules to the kids, and the kids seem to respond. But you see, the thing is, Brett said that before all this happened, he jacked all these kids up on sugar. And 30 seconds later, these kids are shrieking at these women. And Big John and Brett are in a room in the hotel room watching live via satellite. Not really. But they're watching. And they're just howling as like these women and like just getting their asses kicked by these little kids. They're getting water balloons thrown on them. They're getting dunked. It's pretty great. Beverly pretty tries to like, di- like freaking have them like line up so she could read rules of conduct. And Brett just goes like, honestly, if we don't really work out on a physical or mental level, I think she could be an awesome tour manager for us. <laughs> Probably. So one kid wanders off into another pool area. And Brett's like, hey, hey, see that? One kid's going off and none of the ladies notice. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not good. And then fucking Ashley sees him. And I wrote here, I'm super convinced the producers just told her about it. And Brett's like, man, she looks hot and she's doing great. I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? She's doing the bare fucking minimum. 
Yeah, no, she literally like grabs the kids like, oh, hey, why are you hanging out here? Come on, hang out with like everyone else. Anyway, so the kid, oh, and it, I don't know if it's and here. Honestly, okay. and I guess Ashley's just coming off as like she's, I guess she's the coolest lady with the kids. And she says it, I, I don't remember if she says it later, but I think she says it here. She has the fucking temerity to say in the, the talking head, listen, I know I'm having fun, but my son is my life. It's like, yeah, I work like, yeah, I like dance on the weekends, but Monday through Friday, I am a full-time mom. I'm like, go fuck yourself. So the kids are having fun. Bev I wrote here, Beverly's pulling a Nixon because she's trying to tell all the kids, oh, I need your vote. I need you to vote Make for sure me. vote for me. Here's a water balloon. Jamie is not ready for the challenge. No. But it was like, yeah, Jamie's not a mom, and she's sitting there, and it's like, I really uh, yeah. don't know what to do with the kids. I wrote here, Jamie's scared. Britannia sucks. Taya's reckless but fun. Oh, yeah, Britannia's getting wrecked, too. And I wrote here, I was surprised. That this and then Taya's just playing with the kids. She's yeah. running around the pool faster than they are. And I was surprised. I wrote here, they actually gave the challenge a little bit of, like, screen time. I actually had to go back and expand my notes because I was expecting this shit to last, like, two minutes. No, it's, like, five, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's more than other challenges. Fuck it is. So, Brett talks to the kids, and apparently... Uh, before you know, they give their verdict to the ladies themselves. He pulls the kids aside, and from what I wrote down, none of them like Tara. The kids like Mindy. They mostly like Beverly. Loved Ashley. You mean Farah? That's what I said. What I say? You said Tara. Fuck, I meant Farah. There's also one moment that like Farah had one of the kids giving her like freaking pony, like painting her. I did toenails. see that, yeah, which was cute. But yeah, yeah, no, Farah had soft booze. <laughs> I almost said soft boobs, but no, the kids boo her. But it was like a soft yeah. boobs. It was like boo. They loved Ashley, hated Jamie, hated Britannia, liked Taya. So I'm just going to cut to the chase here. He chooses Ashley a fucking course. But this is kind of different. They don't go out for the date that night. Brett's like, you know what? Let's all have some fun. He takes the whole group and they go down to a bar to hang out at. They go to Coyote Uglies. Yeah, which if I remember, that's actually kind of a legendary-ish bar from what I from what I've there heard. There was a movie. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Okay. Oh, and then, bro, here we go. Oh, this. Beverly so apparently. So, before, like, the pre there was some pregame. There was some pregame, yeah. There was some pregame before they went to Coyote Uglies, and Beverly was, like, supposedly drank half a ball of, like, vodka. That's what they say, but we actually, like, see her, like, pour it into the a like red a, cup, and she's just, cup, like. I thought it was, like, clear glass, but either way, it it's not something. a shot glass. It's yeah. a fucking solo cup. Let's yeah, just say that. It's a solo and cup. And she's just, like, fucking drinking that down, and everyone's like, damn, and you just got Farragut. Oh, my gosh, she's an alcoholic. She just pounded out half a bottle of vodka. Like, bitch, you need to go to AA. You need to go to Farrah AA. Ashley don't have the fucking right to judge anybody's drinking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So they get to the bar, the vodka, and then, uh, okay, Brent here we notices go. notices, like, oh, hey, Beverly's actually dressing a little sexy. She's showing some cleavage and stuff. And I wrote here, oh, boy, bro. So they go to this bar, and then Brett sits next to Beverly, and she just starts laying into him. It starts with, you really need to fucking shave. You got like five day old scruff on your face. And he's like, oh, well, you know, that's how I looked in the Every Rose video. And then she's like, that was a long fucking time ago. And I was howling. <laughs> I was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Oh, man. And then, then he gets all pissy. And then he's like, listen, you don't need a boa. And she's like, you know what? You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Then they have a back and forth. And then Brett rage quits the table. Like, Be Brett says, like, you have anger issues. And Beverly tells him to fuck off. <laughs> And Brett's like, you know what? I'm just going to go now. He rage quits the table. 
oh my god, that was great, fucking great. I know, and like you just have Jamie sitting there, it's like, oh my god, Beverly's like being like so mean right now. She's like, she's a totally awesome person to hang out, but when she has too much to drink, she's kind of mean. She gets a little like mean side. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> Beverly has a lot of fucking pent up anger from this whole fucking. Yeah, I was gonna say, show. look what she has to fucking put up with. Oh, she she she, she laments later. So then the girls dance all on a bar table, and two funny things happen to me. One. Brett says he feels like Farrah has kissed Ashley more times than she's kissed him. That made me chuckle. That and, was ha ha ha. And two, Beverly starts dancing like over Brett and then is falling. Just fucking vag smashes him. Just yeah. like squats down and smashes his dome with her vag. I wrote down she's almost breaking his neck with her snoo snoo. And I and then I wrote anytime Brett is miserable, it's it's, it's usually pretty funny. Dude, it's pretty great. Let's be real here. So in the bus ride back, everyone's having fun, but Beverly just dude, Beverly's looks just, murderous. Dude, she does not want to be there. She looks pissed and she's angry. hella pissed because like Brett has his like fucking hands around like Britannia, like button belt and shit, and like he's making out with one of the blondes and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Beverly's just says like Jesus fucking Christ. It's like, I give him attention, and then he just ends up fucking hanging around with these fucking skanks. It's almost like it's a re- it's almost like these reality shows are dumb ideas. Yes. These dating shows. So, and then Ashley's like, she has some crazy eyes. And then they, like, edit in footage of, uh, they have footage of Britannia. They, like, edit in red around no, her Beverly. eyes. No, Beverly. Beverly, I mean, uh, Beverly, they edit in red around her eyes like she's a fucking demon. And so whatever, like they get back to the hotel, back, yeah. and honestly, they, there was a bonfire set up on the beach. Everyone like goes to the bonfire except Beverly. She's just, just fucking fuming on the bus. And I wrote here, Ashley just keeps making out with Brett. That was my big takeaway from a lot of this beach scene. Like literally, yeah, the bonfire, like freaking Big John goes checks on Beverly, and Beverly decides to walk back. It's like, okay, I've cooled down. And Big John's like, hey, just come in, just enjoy the party. You can like maybe apologize or something. I'm sure Brett will think it'll be cool. She shows up. She asks if she can, can join and stuff. And Brett's just having three-way makeouts. And fucking Beverly just loses her here, gasket. I wrote here, Beverly starts channeling Kratos and gives into her hatred. She's yelling. She's telling him how pissed she is. And I realize that this has been a long time coming because I realize most of Beverly's time spent here, she's been reserved and pretty chill. But I think it started around episode five. Um, when she's pissed, she's pissed. And the few times she's drink, she drinks, she's been wacko cracko, dude. Jamie, who is a nice gal, she runs off. She like friggin' walks off, talks to Beverly. Like they're like friends for the most part. And Jamie's trying to like calm her down and stuff. Yeah. And fucking Beverly drops truth bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Did you write any of these down? Oh, fucking God. Where am I? Like Beverly, I just know I got the main one where like Beverly's just sitting there. I was like, yeah, I know when I was like getting on when coming on to the show and stuff. And yeah, but it's like, come on. He's been a rock star for 20 years. Doesn't he want something else? And it's like, yeah, he's been doing like the fucking skank fest forever. Isn't like the purpose of the show for him not to do the skank fest? That's why it's called Rock of Love. It's not called Rock of Skank. Yeah, but he's still like doing three-way makeouts on the beach. Because he's a rock star, James. Whatever, and then fucking Beverly like just pisses off. Also, like Tay and Mindy bounced earlier. We forgot to mention that. Yeah, they, they did. Went, like they bounced out because, like, dude, honestly, we don't want to be part of this bonfire skank heard, fest. There's some with shit. Brett. They're just chilling in a hot tub and they're like becoming best friends. Ashley, and Wait, Farrah- I wrote down titties in the tub. <laughs> That's pretty good. Ashley, Farrah, and someone else go to the bathroom. It was like Ashley, Farrah, and Britannia yeah, bounce okay. out to go pee, and, and then Jamie Brett- just stays behind. And Brett and Jamie cuddle. And Brett says, honestly, like you said, well, I just wrote down, Brett says snuggling's more him than, w- than more of the three-way makeouts. I'm like, okay, that's either bullshit or Brett's a very impressionable person. What a total bitch. 
I, uh, you know what's weird? I almost lean more towards the impressionable thing. Because think about like, it. Oh, I kind of have to, I guess, do the through and make out. Because think about it. When you do that shit in your youth and you're older and stuff, I mean, I think it'd be pretty easy to slip back into that. That's just muscle memory for him at that point. Half of half of the whole mentality of being a rock star partier back then was just, hey, go with the flow. See what happens. Good times. Good vibes. Like, come on. You're nobody if you aren't having through a make Brett, doesn't want anything but a good time. Yes. How can he resist? And I think I said this back in season two, but maybe if he did resist, he wouldn't be in the situation he is. So now we have Tay and Mindy. They go into the shower and then they're just like, you know, just talking their frustrations. And Farrah like thinks chicks. that and Farrah overhears them talking and she gets pissed because she think because she thinks that they're talking about her. So uh, they're talking about me. So then she was like, they're saying, so I was like, oh, she's like, no, lady, I wouldn't bring home to my parents. Yeah. But so then Farah fucking rips open the shower curtain and <coughs> you yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. No, that's, oh. you're good. And then uh, so Farah rips open the shower curtain. They're next. She's like, what? Why? Why? Or whatever. Oh, like she rips open the shower curtain on fucking Taya. And Mindy, as they're in mid-shower and stuff, and I don't know if you watch this on YouTube, on 2B2B, 2B2B, 2B TV, yes, it was uncensored. You get to see both their boobies. Oh, I'm trying to remember. So yeah, titties in the shower. No, I didn't see the boobies. Damn it. 2B TV, 2B TV, son. More like booby TV. <laughs> Fucking, this is definitely some boob tube going on right <laughs> some now. Boob tube, yeah, dude. Oh, and then and then this was some douchey shit. Then Ashley, she's like, I don't know, I don't care. I'm gonna grab a fucking jar of salsa. And what she do with that jar of salsa? She threw it in. She dumped it in Mindy's bag. Kind of fucking shitty. And they chased them out. Yeah, like, I've yelled at Ashley a lot this whole season. This was, like, one of the ones that I was, like, genuinely, like, what the fuck? Fuck you, you fucking bitch. Oh, my God. Yeah, and no, so, and then, like, freaking They basically Mindy, just chase them out. And, like, Mindy's just, like, keeps her cool. It's like, whatever, someone threw salsa in my bag. It's, like, not gonna, like, get in. And then, fucking, like, Taya's trying to, like, get her shit. And, fucking, like... Britannia and Ashley are just fucking harassing her. Britannia's like spraying her with like fucking whipped cream or shaving cream or whatever the fuck. And it's yeah. like, and Taya Mindy's like, dude, we're just gonna go get another room. This fucking is sus like a motherfucker. Yeah, that was, that was some bullshit. Dude, this is a fucking harassment, bro. Fuck these like mean no, girls. Yeah, for real. <sighs> so then next day, everyone wakes up, everyone's chilling. Ashley gets her solo date with Brett, and the date is driving ATVs on the beach. It's kind of fucked though because it's on the beach right outside of the hotel, so like everyone can see them riding. Yeah, the he ATVs. totally just skipped over like freaking Taya and Mindy in the morning coming back to the room and just awkwardly hanging out in the kitchen while like Ashley's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm going on my date with Brett." Ha ha. Well, yeah, that did happen, but I mean, but yeah, with our ATVs. Yeah, ATVs. You're just like skipping over stuff. I know you hate the show, but come on. I didn't. Well, it was a little thing. Listen, I, I I write the most detailed notes. If I really, want to you're missing some little details. Oh, one episode out of almost sixty nine, almost sixty nine, almost sixty nine. Oh, you missed details last time. Okay, well, how about you miss my fucking nuts in your face? How about that? I am missing your nuts in your face. Yeah. How about you fucking do a better job? How about you fucking go eat a cock? How about you go eat a cock? How about and you get do better, better notes? At, how about you get better at Smash Bros? I fucking am better at Smash Bros. You didn't go one-on-one with me. You went one-on-one with Boat Steel. Yeah, but he's the one I wanted to beat. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I care about. Yeah. Okay, so they go to lunch. There's a big table there with food. 
And then Brett's feeling Brett's hey, Brett's feeling Ashley. Not food, it's chicken fingers. Come on, detail notes. Oh my god, eat a dick. So Brett is is feeling Ashley pretty hard. Brett's insinuating that he believes Farah is basically a bad influence on Ashley. Like he's saying, like Ashley, I feel like you're like hanging out with people that honestly don't have your best interests. And Ashley just goes like, No, oh, you're talking about. I'm not dumb. And you're talking about my girl Farah, <laughs> and that's honestly pissing me off. That. <laughs> I'm not dumb, she says. <laughs> That's funny. That's comedy. So then it's later on, and then Taya goes to visit Brett on his bus, and Brett calls her Taya McSuper Hotness. Hey, Taya McSuper Hotness. And it's like, yeah, I'm wearing like this sick airbrush shirt with my name, so you don't forget. Because <laughs> you got to remember. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that's good. Are you sure you're doing good on these notes? You did awesome on FMW. Am I supposed to fucking write the shit for his shirt? Do you want me to like, do you want me to have it be like a high school AU fanfic where I'm like, oh yeah, so Brett comes on. He's wearing tight, too tight pants and cowboy boots and a fucking attrition shirt. You used to type like that. Because he used to wear stupid clothes. He still wears stupid clothes. Yeah, but you want me to say the same thing every week with his affliction shirts? No, I want you to cast the stuff that isn't the same stuff on the week. Yeah, well, you're about to cast these fucking hands in a second, dog. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably not. But it's not. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Taya goes to talk to him, and she's trying to tell him about what happened to her and Mindy last night with the salsa and Brett. And the shower drama. And Brett doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. All he sees is just Taya bringing in drama. Bringing in drama. I'm like, fuck And like, Taya off. jokes about like, oh, like my piece back at home, like saying I should get myself a little man on the show so they can meet some deadlines. And Brett's sitting there and it's like, the penthouse thing is really hot. And it's like <laughs> sick that you're part of penthouse, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know if you're here promoting penthouse more than falling in love with moi. Yeah. Which I don't see. They've brought that up a few times. I really don't think she's like that. It's not like fucking rodeo on the season one uh, reunion where she tries to plug her fucking hot sauce. So she's like, it was barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce, whatever. And she get better with the notes, son. Oh, my God. Eat a dick. So and she comes on. She's like, Brett, I still love you. And I want us to be together. But also, I've got my barbecue sauce. So, you yeah, know, Brett thinks the Good penthouse shit. thing is hot, but honestly, if he, like, actually finds out she's only here for penthouse, he will personally grab her bags and dump her all on the side of the road. Yeah, he's going to give her the Brandy M death. Yes. So then the next day... Farrah is summoned by Big John. Yeah. Farrah. And I realized there's nine minutes left, and I was like, shit, are we going to get some fucking character development? Not really. He calls Tara to talk to him. Farrah. That's what I said. Tara, you said Tara. I said Farrah that time. You want a review? You know, yeah. Pause. Well, fuck you. Fuck your fuck your mullet. Fuck your porn stash. Fuck your skateboard. Fuck your surfboard. Fuck my like. Fuck your bands. Fuck my all right hearing where I can cast stuff. <laughs> fuck your fuck your above average hearing. Yeah, I know. So he calls. <laughs> Farah. Yeah, there you go. Go on, give it to me again. Come on. He calls in Farah. There we go. And it basically goes like this. He's telling her, listen, you're really cool, but we are really close to the friend zone. He doesn't say friend zone, but he says the word friend and he says the word zone separately. So in my mind, it's friend friend zone. zone. It's the friend zone. And she's like, uh, 
Well, you know, when like, I, I, I want to get to know someone before I date them. I want to be friends with someone before if I date someone. And he's just like, oh, that's <laughs> the end of that. <laughs> and she just like walks away. I'm not going to change who I am for someone. Yeah. yeah. So Beverly is now summoned next. And then, and then Teverly. <laughs> I know you're fucking with me on that one. So Beverly goes back. And then their conversation goes like this. When she goes to talk to Brett. She he basically goes, bruh, you're an angry drunk. And she's like, but I'm not like that. By the way, Ashley's kind of a bitch. And he's just kind of like, okay, don't get drunk anymore. Please don't, don't get, get drunk. angry drunk. Yeah. He's just blatantly ignoring and then, any like, criticism. Oh, and then Beverly is just fucking trashing on like Ashley and the, her talking head. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She, she's just a mean, vindictive, just trash of a person. Yeah. And if you ask me on the show, it's like she seems like a very mean, vindictive, and can be very trashy of a person. I mean, so Brett in really the bag. likes her. Brett yeah. really likes her, and he feels like that's the real Ashley when she's away from Farah. You know, I think this says a know. lot more about Brett than Ashley, honestly. Yes. Three seasons and Brett keeps having misses. I wonder fucking why. Wonder what's the common denominator for the problem of Brett's love life. You know, we were talking, you know, his thing with Amber didn't work out and maybe Daisy would have been better. But like, at least at least Amber was like stable for the most part. Career, decent head on her shoulders. She kind of became a vindictive snake at the end, but she wasn't fucking Ashley. Yeah, but fucking Brett wants to fuck Ashley. So, yeah, (laughs) he wants to fuck the whole cast. Yeah, it's Brett. So that happens. And then, yeah, now it's elimination time. And forget Brett, like, starts off thanking them for, like, watching, like, thank you for, like, watching the women yeah, of the yeah. service. The armed service means, uh, is a big part of his, um, yes. stuff. I guess so. It's what brings him a fucking paycheck. So I guess it's the military we have to blame for why Brett Michaels is still popular. Because if he's doing solo tours in the Middle East, it's not poison, it's solo tours. The government is to blame. <laughs> For why Brett Michaels. Hey, war's bad and Brett is bad. <laughs> war bad, Brett bad. Brett bad, Brett bad. Brett bad, Brett bad. That needs, that needs to be the next. Uh, that needs to be the next. Brett uh, bad, Brett bad. That needs to be the Brett next. Brett bad, Brett bad. That needs to be the next discrimination Play song. Play city country songs for zero fans. Brett Mon- bad, Brett bad. Monotone singing. <laughs> Bro, we're fucking geniuses. So he, <laughs> yeah, that's me playing DB talking shit on Brett. So he, some so, real rocker shit, not this Brett country boy eyeliner bullshit. Are we real rockers? I'm more rocker than Brett. I don't know about you though. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm pretty rocker than Brett. I'm more know. dangerous than Brett. You don't have a mullet. I won't look good with a mullet. Fuck off. Now, skull it, bro. Would be pretty free. I can't Please. get the skull it. I, I won't look good. How do you know? Devin Townsend makes it look because he's a skinny weirdo. It doesn't look good on a fat weirdo. So, yeah. I guess now we should talk about elimination in the passes. No, fuck you. Do you think my job would like it if I walked in after I get my promotion and I just walk in? Hey, welcome to Bartizola's. How can I help you? They're like, when what the fuck s- is wrong with, with a skullet on my head? How do you know? Maybe they'll just go like, oh, he has a skullet. Big whoop. They won't know what a skullet is. Do you think anyone knows what a skullet is? Yes. Name, I bet you can't find five people that know. I'm sure all my bandmates know what a fucking skull it is. That's different. There are weirdos too. I'm sure you can find, I'm sure like good friend Bone Steel and Thomas. They're weird too. 
Oh, what? I'm sure people know what a skull it is. I'm sure you know what these fucking nuts are. Yeah, and you keep missing me with these nuts. With this fucking <laughs> You're gonna sketch. get hit with this fucking fupa in a second, with bro. This, your fucking sketch reporting. My <laughs> oh my fucking god, you fucking prick. I know you hate the show. I, I have put in quality for almost, for like three years. <laughs> It has the podcast been three has only been is only been a year and a half, but it feels like three. When we do this Brett Michael shit, it feels like it's like a three years. We and were going, gonna, we were going good, but then you had to be like, "Bro, your notes are cringe." And now look no, at your this. notes are sketch, not cringe. You're sketch. You're sketchier. You're sketchiest. You're the sketchierest. You're the one that won't buy a car before the that's from the year before two thousand. I did buy a car, Mimi, before. Yeah. I have a car before. I have two cars before I mean, the year sorry, 2000. after the year 2000. I have a car after the year 2000. Oh, damn, rich kid. Multiple cars, dude. You're just, no, you're just sketch and don't know the info. You're just sketch. And, whose idea was it to watch Rock of Love? That was you. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't, and like, you're like getting sketchier on the job. I get. I fucking hate Where's you. those manager, bro? Come on. fucking kill you. I <laughs> swear on. to God. Come on. <laughs> Where's that manager? Where you fucking You're a manager. Where, I thought you'd be better than this. This is not, You're not right. how I represent the Barnes & Noble's product. Corporation people. I know. You don't have a skullet, so. He saves Ashley first. Yes, Ashley gets a pass. Okay. We're back on this show. Yes, we're focused. And then next is Jamie. Then he saves Mindy. Then Britannia. Or as I wrote here, Brit fucking Tanya, who I don't understand how she is still surviving. I know why, because, you know, her, she has boobs. A, boobs and her whole back's a tramp stamp. Well, yeah. But still. Then he saves Beverly. And now After a fucking speech. Yeah. We're like, all right, this person, you know... I thought they were doing pretty good at the beginning of the tour, but then it seems like they kind of fall in a step, and I need them to step their game back up again. So, Beverly, come down here. You look like you're trying not to do the Italian voice. <laughs> I'm trying. But you're doing the Italian voice. No, you know what that speech basically was? That speech was basically Brett saying, this person hurt my feelings and hurt my masculinity and made me feel like I had a small pee-pee. But they're cool and hot, and I think they deserve a second chance, and they're the only likable character on the show consistently. So, Beverly, would you come down here? So, yeah. Now so, we that's got, between Farrah and Taya. So, now we have Taya. She's mad that, <laughs> like, oh, why the fuck is Beverly, Britannia, and Ashley have passes over me? What the shit? So, then... And then Farrah's going, like, come on, I'm hot. Come on, round. Come on. I have big titties. Well, come on. Brett's going to give me the pat. Why am I here? Yeah. So, so Brett calls on Farah. Yes. Or is it Tara? No, he calls down Farah. Good job. <sighs> he calls down Farah, and uh, he's basically like, he's basically like, you know, um, I forgot what he said, but yeah, he sends Tara home. So he sends Tara home. I'm not home. really proving my point right now about good notes, but it's one slip up. So, yeah. He ends her tour with very little fanfare. I thought Tara. I thought fuck, 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 fuck. God damn it! God fucking damn it! Ha <laughs> <sighs> You know what's funny? My brother Nick called me the other day and he was like, "Hey, I was listening to your show again." I'm like, "Oh yeah, you like it?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, you know, you're pretty funny on that thing. The other guy's pretty good too, but you're where the real talent is." Yeah, yeah. Clearly, I'm the real talent. Great fucking show. You're welcome. Thanks, yeah. Nick. 
Anyway, yeah. So Keep up the bad job. It's funny. I'm going to have the best fucking, fucking notes. Lol. <laughs> I'm going to have the best fucking notes this week. You're going to fucking cream. Oh, you mean this week? That's right. Technically Fuck! it is. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, so yeah, I got to admit, I didn't see that coming. I really thought he was going to say Farrah. I thought they would keep the Blontourage drama going. But no. But no. Sends her home. Just when I was sort of ish coming around to her, if only because her stupidity was actually starting to become kind no, of No, it's called Farrah had an ounce of charisma. An ounce. And, and she actually said funny shit. She did. She like, actually she said a lot of funny shit. Yeah, I know. There's like, she honestly gave zero fucks on the show. She was there at the party, but then Brett finally caught on and say like, all right you're here to party so sorry i gotta boot she you. literally is Bye. and looks like poor man's heather yep and then yeah that's the show yeah i know he gives taya the pass and he needs her to step up her game and hopefully stop this penthouse nonsense yeah. or like the promotions of penthouse yeah 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 no don't stop the penthouse I'm no no that's that's hot that's hot. For, that's hot. And then for in the credits we, got, we just have the mean girls doing impressions of natasha you remember natasha yeah yeah, I know. And that was the freaking show. All right, then. We'll be back next week with finally... Oh, this is actually a pretty awesome episode. I already watched it. The fucking boyfriend. The ex-boyfriends. God damn it. Dude, I gave you a quick spoiler. There's a motherfucker named Royal T. What? What do you mean? Oh, you just got to go out and watch it. All right, listeners. This is the Dr. Danger Radio Show with their host, James and Edward. I hope you have a good one. Audio shoot me.